morning. Amen? We got a full house this morning. This is exciting. So, so good to be with you here in person and also those uh, who are joining us online this morning. Uh, some of you may have heard an announcement last week that uh, I have been reappointed and I will uh, be starting at Lindenwald United Methodist Church December 1st. Uh, it's over in the Hamilton Fairfield area. And so I knew this day was going to come. I just didn't think it was going to come right now. So uh, it's just been an interesting, um, gosh, just so many emotions right now going on. So my last Sunday here uh, will be on the 21st of November, so two weeks from today. And uh, what worship's going to look like at 9.30 for this service, uh, we're going to have a combined traditional and contemporary, and I will share the message uh, in this space at 9.30, and then I will share the message and be in the traditional service at 11. So you don't want to miss the 21st. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to have a box of Kleenex. Not a couple Kleenex, but a box of Kleenex near me. So, uh, so grateful for uh, just my time here at Faith Community. And I'll share more about that uh, when I speak on the 21st. And I was uh, in my devotional time this morning, and I'm in my uh, little uh, devotional book. And it's talking about having a, a spirit of worship and a spirit of praise as we gather uh, to worship the Lord. And it talked about uh, all of the worries that we have. And I don't know about you, but I got just a few things on my mind. And some of you may have a few things on your mind. And I mentioned last week that I was having shoulder surgery, rotator cuff, losing the use of my right arm right in the midst of all of this. And I'm like, oh, Lord's got a message in this. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, nothing like coming in handicapped. But uh, so, so anyway, but it talked about in this devotion time, uh, to have this spirit and this attitude of thankfulness. And what that does is when we, when we give the Lord our thanks, that it helps to turn those worries those we, that we have, the concerns that we have, Lord, just into blessings, right? So how the Lord is going to bless us uh, as we thank him for the ways that he is working in our lives and the way that he goes before. So I want to open us up in a word of prayer as we begin. Father, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for this time to gather here this morning. And we've come to worship and praise you. Lord, and we invite your spirit into this space. God, I, I pray that we would feel the touch of your hand upon us. And God, I pray wherever there might be uh, anxiety, where there may be worry, Lord, uh, fear, whatever, whatever emotions that we brought into this space, Lord, that we would just set them down. We just set them down and we give them to you. And Lord, we thank you, and we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for all of the blessings that you have bestowed us with in our lives. And so Lord, I, I pray in these moments that we would turn whatever these negative emotions are into positive, to thank you and to praise you for who you are to us. So God, we ask that your spirit would fall, that you would fine-tune our ears and our hearts, Lord, to receive you this morning and what it is that you have for us. And God, we're going to dine at your table in just a little bit, and we thank you that you meet us here. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we are continuing in our series called From Me to We. And our word uh, today comes from the book of Ephesians. And I have to just tell you, the book of Ephesians is one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. And, and I want to give you some context uh, for our passage. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the church at Ephesus. And he is addressing their past human condition and probably even a little bit of their current human uh, condition with a promise of a new spiritual condition 
that's going to be uh, just an impact for the kingdom of God. And it's a promise of, of, the, uh, of what we have in Christ Jesus. And he gives us this purpose statement, if you will. And the title of my sermon today is Called for a Purpose. And, and, and so many times in life, I think that we wrestle with what our purpose is. God, what on, what on earth am I here for, right? I think of uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. What is our purpose? So I want to uh, start out by sharing Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Uh, if you've got your, your Bible app on your phone, I would encourage you to go ahead and follow along with that. Or if you've got your Bible with you uh, to read along, we're also going to have the words up on the screen. So Ephesians, uh, starting in the second chapter, starting in verse 1. Hear these words. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, in ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in, transgress in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in us to do. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. So Paul, he, he speaks of, of, old, uh, of our old condition, right, of old sinfulness, sin. The enemy was present just like the enemy is present today, just like he was present then. And Paul says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, which uh, you used to live in when you followed the ways of the world. You see, the enemy creeps in ever so subtly into our minds and into our thoughts that can eventually begin to manifest into actions and behaviors if we're not careful. But God offers us hope. Hope. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. And so we've, we've got this spiritual condition. And in the United Methodist Church, we are big believers in God's grace. And sanctifying grace is this grace where we are a continual work in progress. And we're growing in our faith walk with the Lord. And I want you to know, it's a journey, it's not a destination. There's no end goal until we get to heaven. We're always on this journey. There's a familiar passage uh, from the prophet Isaiah of our relationship with the Father. Isaiah tells us, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Again, we're a work in progress. God's sanctifying grace is always working in us. So God is the potter and we are the clay. He forms us and he refines us and he makes us stronger by his love for us. So how's your, your human condition this morning? How's your human condition? Some of us today have some soft spots in our clay, if you will. Maybe a few of us have a few chips. 
Maybe there's a couple cracks and imperfections. And if we were honest, there's some of us that are in pieces. We may look like we got it all together, but there's some of us that are in pieces. But hold on to hope. He doesn't leave us where we are. He continues to work in our lives. His hands are on the heart of your life. On the heart of your life. He's on your heart and in your life. And a question to ask him this morning is to have his way in your life as he shapes and reshapes you into his wonderful image. Again, we are a work in progress. God has the ability to restore. Are you willing to yield yourself to the potter's hands? I love verse 4. Paul starts with, but, but there's encouragement, right? He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages he might show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I want to remind us this morning, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. As a believer in Christ, you have been raised, and we've talked about this before, you have been raised and are seated on the throne, seated on the throne. And we claim our seat, and we need to practice our position in Christ. Do you hear me this morning? We've got to practice our position in Christ. He has worked for you, now let him work in you and through you that you might Uh, understand your purpose, which is to glorify God, to glorify God. And uh, Paul sheds light on what it means to be forgiven and to be made new. And out of that newness in Christ comes a new spiritual condition and a new purpose. You see, God works in us through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus ascended into heaven. And it is there that he finishes his unfinished work of perfecting his church. Now, it's not a building. It's not programming. It's us. It's us, his church. And we're part of of God's new creation. He continues to work in us to make us what he wants us to be. His purpose is to make us more like Christ. That is his purpose for our lives. You see, God equips us for our walk here on earth. And he does that a couple of ways. One is through his word. One is through his word. And we are to read and to meditate on, uh, on, his, on his word, on the scripture, and how it works in our lives to cleanse us and nourish us, right? His word, it's, it's living for us. The second is prayer. God's spirit works in us, and it releases God's power to us through prayer. Through prayer. So two things. One, word, scripture, and the second is prayer. And then there's a third, and this is an interesting one. Suffering. Suffering. It's a part of life. And some of us suffer greater than others, but suffering. As we suffer, God's Spirit ministers to us, which drives us back to the Word, and it drives us back to 
prayer. It's this equipping process of being in his word, being in his presence through prayer, through him releasing his power to us through prayer. And then in our suffering, whatever that looks like in our lives, part of the equipping process that drives us back to him. You see, God uh, can spend years working in us before he works through us. We'll say that again. God can spend years working in us before he works through us. Moses spent 40 years in the desert as a humble shepherd, and then, bam, 40 years later, uh, is instrumental in, uh, in freeing the Israelites and leading them to uh, the promised land. And then we know Joseph, he suffered for 13 years until God put him on the throne in Egypt. How are you yielding to God in your suffering? You don't suffer alone. So we decide how we suffer through the lens of our spiritual condition, which offers us hope and the love of God, right? Or we can choose something different. We can remain in our human condition and we rely on ourselves and what the world has to offer. Doesn't really work out too well, does it? Unbelievers walk according uh, to the course of the world. Believers walk in the good works God has prepared for them to do. You see, God has a plan for your life and we're to walk in his will and to fulfill his plan. And the plan is a gracious plan of living with our Heavenly Father who wills the very best for us. The will of God comes from the heart of God. You see, he cannot work through us unless he works in us. This is why it's important that we spend time in the word and in prayer and to yield to him in all times, the good and the challenging. And in verse 10, hear these words, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Paul, he, Paul tells us two things in this. The first is good works. Goodness comes from God. Matthew 5.16 tells us, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And then the second thing he says, prepared for us to do, us to do, the body of Christ, from me to we, to us, for us to do. Second Timothy tells us all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Together, together, we are the body of Christ. It's this image of covenant and kingdom. Covenant is this relationship that we have with the Lord, uh, this promise that, that he made with us, that those that follow him were in a covenant relationship with him. And then kingdom, what does that look like here on earth? You see, I think sometimes we get hung up with the what. We get hung up with the what. What am I supposed to do with my life, Right? What am I supposed to do in this season of retirement? What am I supposed to do when we get hung up in the what? But friends, it's the why that matters. It's the why that matters. Don't underestimate ourselves. We should not underestimate ourselves. I was uh, with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and we were uh, out to lunch, and it was kind of like a fast food environment type of thing, and, and uh, there was three of us, and I cleared the table. Many of you do this. This is no big deal. You know, I'm picking up my trash to throw it away, just like, you know, a lot of times you guys do, and you'll say, hey, you know, are you done? I'll go ahead and get this. And so I gathered up the trash at the table and came back. 
And the person sitting across from me, she had tears in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what's happened? You know, all I did was throw the trash away. And her friend that was sitting next to her said, she's not used to anybody doing anything nice for her. This was such a simple act, such a simple act. You see, small things done with great love will change the world. It'll change the world. We are God's handiwork. And we're not saved by good works. It's not by all the things that we do, but we're saved unto good works. It's a result. We're not saved by faith plus good works, but faith that works. Faith that works. Saving faith always results in a changed life, which is demonstrated by our actions. And I think sometimes that we tend to make it complicated. Some think that the standard uh, for serving is traveling to a third world country to serve. And, and I think that's fantastic, right? Or maybe that you have to be a missionary to make a difference. You know, all great things. Paul tells us, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do, right? He has gifted each of us uniquely and purposely and we can make a difference. We can make a difference with the ways that he has blessed us to impact others' lives. We have a, just a fantastic uh, video to share with you this morning. Uh, it's uh, Bob Hutt. It's an interview uh, that we did a couple of weeks ago, and so we're able to share that this morning in this space as well as the traditional space. And uh, it is just such a moving uh, testimony. So we are so excited to share this. So I just want to encourage you to, to soak in uh, Bob's message. My name is Bob Hutt. My family and I have been members of faith for 22 years. And um, I have a passion. I'm also known as Bob the Bike Guy. So there you might understand where my passion comes from. I like to ride and I like to repair bikes. Part of repairing bikes and giving them away was Tara's idea at stepping forward, someone she knew needed a bike to ride to work. That was my first bike giveaway. And since then, I've done over 400 bicycles. There's a real need for the kids that are not as privileged as other kids. They don't have the money. Part of fulfilling that need it reminds me of my favorite verse, Psalm 2711. Teach me thy ways and lead me in a plain path. Nothing fancy, but I need to know the way that God wants me to go. When I started doing this uh, bike repair, I knew right from the beginning this is the way God wanted me to handle my, my talent and part of my treasure. Because some of the bikes did cost. They weren't all free. Hopefully, I can make an impact on all these little kids that need and want a bike. We give bikes away at the Princeton Village. It's a trailer court village, and they don't have a whole lot of cash. So we would go there, give them lunch, and then I would give bikes away or repair the bikes that they had. So in the process of doing this, there's this one little kid, the cutest little kid named Kevin. He came up to me with his mom, and he was very shy, you could tell. And um, he wanted to know if I had a boy's bike for him. And he was about seven years old. And I said, at the time, I didn't have a bike. So I said, I'll keep my eyes open and get back with you. That day, 
a bike showed up on my back, on my driveway, just exactly what he wanted. It only took a little bit of repair. So I took that back the next week, gave it to Kevin, and he rode off smiling. And I was repairing bikes, and he came back. And I said, Kevin, is there a problem with your bike? He said, no, I just wanted just <clears throat> wanted to say thank you. And that just, every time I think about it, breaks me up. Because it's something I enjoy doing. Um, another story. A mom came up to me at the same Princeton Village giveaway. Um, she wanted a bike for her dad so he could ride with his grandkids. And I said, well, I don't have one with me, but I can get one. So I came back the next day, gave him a bike, and he took off and went to his house. The next week when I came back, he, uh, he came around while I was repairing other bikes, and he actually gave me a hug. You know, here's a, a little kid who's excited and thankful. Here's a grown-up who's excited and thankful, and it just makes me want to do this more and more. This is part of making Jesus known. Jesus wanted us to lead by example. And if we can use our talent, our time, and our treasure to lead by example, whatever your example might be, that's what we should do and focus on that. Amen. Thank you, Bob. I think that uh, we should give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Impacting lives one bicycle at a time, right? What is our purpose? What is our purpose? I, uh, I read a, a story uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was about uh, folks that are entering into retirement age uh, in the church. And, and what does the church, how does the church serve those who are uh, entering into retirement or who are retired? And it, and it talked about um, this notion that the church becomes kind of like a social director and creates all of these trips and these fun opportunities, which are good, don't get me wrong, because we want to create fellowship. But if that's all that we have to offer, folks that are retiring or that are retired, we are missing the mark. I mean, you look at, at Bob's story and the ability that he has uh, to, to, to live into his purpose of, of, um, of uh, being a, a servant of God by the simple thing of, of uh, fixing up bikes and giving them away, that, that we need to really think about how are we mobilizing, right, our congregation for mission? How are we mobilizing that? And then how are we taking part of that no matter what our age is? Uh, I, I just want to take a moment just to, to a special shout out to uh, all of the retired individuals who work uh, in our food pantry. So whether you are ones that come to uh, drive the truck, to unload the truck, to restock the shelves, to get food out to the community, I just want to thank you uh, for the kingdom work that you're doing. And I know that there's a lot of retired folks. My mom is, is one of those. And I'm just so grateful uh, for the ways that you're saying in retirement, hey, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference and be... Uh, part of the body of Christ and to do that kingdom work. You see, our purpose and our mission doesn't have an age requirement. How are we investing in the little ones in our lives and in our church to be world changers? And then as adults, how are we responding to God's call to do good works 
from a place of who we are in Christ Jesus and his kingdom. So what do good works look like in your life? What do good works look like in your life? I love this quote. It says, spread the love of God through your life, but only use words when necessary. Amen? Amen. We're going to enter into a time of communion, and uh, I hope everyone has their communion elements. Uh, If not, we have some uh, right outside uh, the doors, and we can get those uh, to you. So let's prepare our hearts as we come before the Lord. Father, we come before you, and Lord, we lift up this time before you. And God, we thank you that you meet us here at the table. God, I ask that you would pour out your blessing upon the bread and the cup, Lord, that they would be for us the body and the blood of Christ. And Lord, that this would not just be a a normal once-a-month meal that we have together as your body here at the church, but it would be a meal that would sustain us, Lord, and that we would be changed and transformed through this time. Father, we take just a moment of silent prayer to confess our sins before you. In these tender moments, the Lord speaks to your hearts. And into these confessions, and wants you to know that you are loved, and that you are forgiven, and that you are welcome at his table. God, I pray that we would be renewed in you. And that, Lord, that we wouldn't get hung up in what our occupation is, that we wouldn't be hung up in what are we going to do in retirement, what school may look like for us, Lord, but that your purpose to do your will and to be your light and your love in the world, Lord, that that would wash over us and that that lightness would radiate from us, that others would see you in us. God, as we move out of this this uh, me mindset to a we mindset as we partner together God in your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven Lord let your kingdom come let your will be done it's in the name of Jesus that we pray amen we are reminded of the uh that meal that Jesus had with his disciples, and he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And likewise, he he took the cup that night and he gave thanks, and he said, this is a sign of the new covenant, the sign of the forgiveness of sins for many. Take and drink in remembrance of me. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and up your elements and peel back that top wafer.
friends, the, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, broken and shed for you, take and eat in remembrance of Jesus. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for us to forgive our sins and not only gives us the promise of eternal life, but life abundant with you here with us on earth. And God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit who walks with us. And God, I pray for these, these seasons that we're in, Lord, that we would stay connected to your word, that we would stay connected to you through prayer. And God, that in our sufferings, Jesus knew a little, knew a little